my goodness. It is it is take 83. We have a very special podcast take that we do once a month, every month, since the beginning of the year. TC looking great. Um, but first, we're going to talk a little bit about take 82, which was our Star Wars special. Then, we actually have a sweets review with... Uh, a cool little podcast that we've been talking with back and forth that we want to give a little shout out. And the rest of the podcast is devoted to IMDb 250. This is the take of Wild Third Acts because some of these movies were absolutely crazy. 220 to 216. We're spending more time on these movies to give you guys even better analyses of these films. It is your boy this week, Keeks. And now who do we got? It is your boy, TC. How did everybody enjoy that big ZD oh, to celebrate me? It looks so... It t- except for Italian sausages. Do, do people like Italian sausage? Um, I don't care for it, but in the big ZD, it adds that flavor. More spice. Of a, you know, more... Yeah, yeah, it adds a little flavor. More of a ground beef guy. Yeah. But uh, Keeks, I'm doing well. I gotta say this right out of the gate. So glad we are just doing five movies for IMDb <laughs> where we can talk about them a little bit more. Didn't feel like homework... And uh, there are, there's one movie in particular that I really want to talk I mean, there's a lot, all the movies, all the five movies. Oh, yeah. But first and foremost, uh, let's recap real quick, Take 82. I hope everybody's May the 4th was great last week. And I watched A New Hope. Oh, I did. I yeah, threw them all on in Hope the background with, while I worked on Monday. Yeah, watched A New Hope with Kennedy. It was her first time watching that in years, oh. like a decade or so. And... Um, so in Take 82, everybody, if you did not listen to it, go give it a listen. We gave a ton of Sweet Movie Morsels, and it was the original trilogy. And super fun to talk about those movies. It, and wa- re-watch, re-watching New Hope, now I want to watch Empire and Return of the Jedi. You know, what's actually so, so interesting is um, a, lot of, a lot of the Sweet Movie Morsels that we got was from the documentary called Empire of Dreams, mixed in with other videos that we had watched on on YouTube, but it's so fascinating to just see the drive of George Lucas and so many of these other filmmakers that we cover. And actually, as a very, very small little side note, um, Roger Deakins has a podcast, and it's called Team Deakins. That's 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 actually a really cool title. It so him and his wife just talk about the experiences that they've had being the cinematographers for films, and it is cool. Like just like starts off from their beginning. Um, Compositing, um, compositing, is that the word? Like, like, like the setup of like a scene and how you set up a scene and how you're going to frame it with the lighting. Uh, they talk about editing. They talk about like film, like developing film and movies. It's crazy. I listened to like three episodes. There's only like six episodes so far, but wow. It's, it's now SFT is number one, but sure. Roger Deakins, small little guy. Maybe you guys have heard of him. You know, go throw him a bone, support him. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he maybe he'll come on our pod or we'll come on his one of the two, vice versa. Stay stay tuned. Yes, of course. And speaking of other Star Wars news, real quick, Taika Waititi. Oh, I, 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 I you know what I'd love to see is a comedy like, um, what they what we do in the shadows or what they do, what we do in the shadows, but with stormtroopers working on the Death Star. Wow. See, I mean, that's the that's the thing. Um, I want something stormtroopers and Empire related. Yeah, he's very funny and quirky. His films, mm-hmm. 
and I feel like a lot of people had beef with the new Star Wars with kind of the... And same with me. Some of the placed humor was not there in some of the Star Wars, especially yeah. the new ones. So Taika's hilarious. Like, he made Thor Ragnarok, in my opinion, top five MCU uh, movie. Yeah, he, he like, reinvigorated Thor. And, and Jojo... Yeah, exactly. And Jojo Rat... Like, he made Thor hilarious. True. And he was already kind of funny in the first, second one. There's potential in the first and second Thor but he just took off yeah. in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. Well, and another... And Jojo Rabbit's great, and so it'll be interesting to see how he incorporates his humor with Star Wars, which I think would be great. Like, Stormtrooper idea is hilarious. I'm in. something new. I think that'd be great. We yeah, keep getting the same, like, it just all feels... Uh, and I'm not complaining. I love Star Wars. We all love Star Wars. We don't... We'll watch literally you're, whatever you give to us. You're you're complaining. Go I off. Am. Go off, King. <laughs> <laughs> just give us something new and different. Give us a comedy set in the Star Wars world. Also, Clone Wars, fantastic. They hit it out of the park. The animated show, Clone Wars, is a home run. That takes, if you take all of the content from the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and the sequel trilogy, prequel trilogy with Clone Wars is right up there with original trilogy. It is amazing. Put on your swimsuit, folks, because that is a hot take. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Put your swimsuits on. Throw a turtleneck on. Go out Go out in the sun. <laughs> That's a hot take. <laughs> when you said swimsuit, I was like, where's he, where's he going with this? But yeah, I like, where, I like where it ended up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's not how you Do you, do you have an finish. idea of what you want Taika to do for the movie? Stormtroopers would be great. I love that. Just give me... Give me the origin story of pod racing. Oh. And just make it hilarious. Could you imagine? And incorporate, incorporate some Do- Dominic Toretto. Give us the Fast and Furious Star Wars movie that we want, and that is pod racing, baby. And that could be hilarious. I, that could be a ton of fun. Fi- you know what I love about UTC is whenever we're spitballing ideas, your ideas that just come from your brain are so crazy good. Like every time, like the Lord of the Rings Love sweet that. movie morsel with the ring hitting the magnet, underrated heater. That was from two take, wow. two three takes ago with Matt. Uh, yeah, take take seventy seven. I think take seventy nine. Seventy nine. That's right. Yeah, they all. Oof. They're they're starting to mix. But no, I appreciate that, Keys. Love you. Love it. You're great. Love you, dude. Dude, yeah, pod racing's rad. Like that made Phantom Menace so cool. That and Duel of the Fates. Oh my god, John Williams goes so hard on those scores yeah. for the so, prequels. Wish he could have put I that like same an, energy into the the sequel trilogy has good scores, but prequels yeah. got it. So I think Pod Race would be really cool. Just kind of how that started. Um, I don't know. So that's my Stormtrooper would be fun. We'll see what he does. I think Taika will be creative and he'll make a good Star Wars and it'll be very comedic. It has to be. That's that's who he yeah. is. I mean, they so at this point they have a uh, four hundred. Star Wars properties planned. So, yeah, well, a lot of source material. Gosh, we'll see where it goes. Um, um, let's, yeah, I'm ready for, to hear this review. Sweet. Oh my goodness. So we have a five star Apple Podcast review. Um, like we said, if you guys one, if you guys give us a five star review with a movie suggestion, we will watch that movie and we will review it on the podcast. Um, this five star review comes from our Instagram channel, the if you follow Sweet Film Talk, all one word, search it, Sweet Film Talk on Instagram. Give us a follow. 
hit the description and go subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. This is from Final Take Podcasts, some sweet dudes over at that podcast. Um, go get, go check them out. We've got plenty of hours in the day. Go check out some new, you know, some new people. Keep supporting us, though. We, we love all our sweets so much. Thank Absolutely. you, guys. Um, but a five-star review, and the t- caption is so sweet, sweet, like that, I would assume. And it says, love this podcast. Absolutely a must-listen if you enjoy movies to any extent. Great chemistry, TC, that's with you. Um, on the show makes for super enjoyable listening while dropping all kinds of knowledge. A must listen if you are into movies. So thank you guys at Final Take Podcast. Um, give them a little listen too while you're at it. Subscribe to Sweet Film Talk and follow us on Instagram. TC, we love. I, I love. I love getting my ego scratched a little, stroked, scratched, both, both, a little <laughs> massage, <laughs> just a little massage, the quick little massage. Oh. It's so nice. And shout out, uh, real quick, I lo- love a good review. Shout out to Maddie Murphy for her dates on the Bad Broadcast. Somebody mentioned that on a first date, they went to go get a massage, and they went to R.C. Willie and got sat on the massage chairs. I think that is a phenomenal. goat idea. That is a great, I, I might do that myself. That's seriously, it's Anyways, so creative. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um, do you have, okay, that. while we're on this topic, really, really quick, do you have any movie-related bad dates? Because I have a couple, but I, I want to know if you have any. Oh, movie-related bad yeah. dates? Oh, hands down. I've mentioned it before. Toy Story 4. Oh, you were on a date with that, that one? Yeah, I was on a date oh, with that one. Oh, no. With and the wheel, that's when the I hit a $1, huge pothole. <laughs> yes. That takes the cake. Wow, that's the most expensive date ever. Yeah. And then uh, another one in high school is Pirates of the Caribbean, World's End, I think oh, is what it's called. Oh, gosh. That movie was so long, and it was like my high school girlfriend at the time, and we were just like, this sucks. This is so long. And you've got to sit there. It feels like eight movies in one movie. That I think the run time for that movie is two hours and 49 minutes. I was going to say six and a half hours, but I think you're right. Two hours, 45 minutes. It's, yeah, yeah. it's right on. So Toy Story takes the cake, hands, hands down. Oh, I'm really bummed that you didn't like Toy Story 4. I like Toy Story 4. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. What about you, Keith? Uh, so I was probably on the other end of I'm sure a girl submitted I'm sure the girl submitted this to Maddie on the bad broadcast but she said on our date let's watch our favorite movies and I said you don't want that I promise you don't want to watch my favorite movie she's like no I love all movies let's watch your favorite movies I get there she pops some popcorn we you know we're in an apartment we're having we're having a good time it's just a first date you know we're enjoying the company and she pops in up up is her favorite movie. And this immediate, I'm like, this is going to go horribly bad. So we watched Up. And you, and, and you watched yeah, yeah, Drive. Yeah, I'm, we, I was like, all right, my favorite movie is Drive. <laughs> and we popped it in. Um, we were sitting, like, not cuddling, but we were, like, touching. By the end of the movie, we were on separate ends of the couch. <laughs> I was, like, lean forward, totally into the movie. And she was not having it. Oh, she hated it. We did. There was no second date. We lived in the same apartment complex, and I, like, never saw her again. No, I think I, re- I saw her once, and she had a boyfriend. So I was like, oh, moved out. for the best. Like, you- it was, uh, I mean... Uh, it was a great date for me. <laughs> sure, oh, yeah. Did you? <laughs> it was a little unexpected for her. I could tell, like the bloody parts in the sh- in the, <laughs> the strip oh club. Oh my part, gosh! 
It's a great um, watch. Drive is yeah, 10 out of 10. Because Drive, Drive is a sour movie. I'll never admit it. I lo- I'll never admit it. No, I love it, but it is. you got to admit yes, it. It is. It's a sour movie. It definitely it is. It is. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, okay, my next one is, is oh it was, gosh. so it was what, 20, oh, 20 early 2018. Oh, oh actually, can I insert yes, my date here? Yes, you can. I went over to a girl's place and we watched Moana. Oh, that's a great one. It's a great watch, but it was like our second date. What's wrong with... Might have been the why, first. Why it might have been the first date, actually. Why do I feel like that'd be the she, best first date ever? Seeing Moana? I don't know. I, yeah, it was... You know, I'm very partial, though. Being Polynesian, I love Moana. I cry every time. Sure. No, it's it's a good it's a good film. It's just kind of... Like, it was a first date. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get it. It wasn't yeah, like a know. Netflix yeah. and chill moment. It was, it was just like ago. a nice little, let's watch Moana. Yeah. Yeah, plead the fifth. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Anyways, go on. Go so, on, King. <laughs> early 2018, Oscar buzz time... People were saying that The Shape of Water was really good. So me and this girl were like, we will go see The Shape of Water. I'm so sorry for anyone who saw The Shape of Water with us, but 20 minutes before the end, we were like, let's get Wingstop. (laughs) So we we opened our phones and we ordered like 40 wings from Wingstop, left like right at the end, and went to go pick up our Wingstop and went home and watched Cheaper by the Dozen 2. (laughs) Just like total opposite spectrum movies. Um... I don't really remember not, Shape of Water. I might have to watch it again, but I hated it. That's like, like a said, spoiled movie. It's not movie. how you start, it's how like you it. finish. You were in the theater watching a Bisbal movie, and you pulled out one of the greatest power moves ever, ordering 40 wigs. Oh, it <laughs> wings came in like a ginormous bag from Wingstop. <laughs> With the fries, the sauces, everything. Oh, we pounded those wings. That's amazing. I am... Shouts out to you. Good that for was you. great. And Cheaper by the Dozen too, which I have not seen. I've seen the first or one. Or was That's Cheaper great. by the Dozen. It was one of them. Perfect. Che- it should have been. That's a great- cheaper by the Dozen too. should be like Cheaper by the Baker's Dozen or something like that. Yeah. 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 That's phenomenal, Keeks. Oh. I love that story. I-, I love a little sidetrack before we get into yeah. nitty gritty time, baby. Nitty gritty time. Is it nitty gritty time for IMDb 250? We are on number 220 right now. TC, what is number 220 for us? Number 220 is Rang de Basanti, mm-hmm. um, directed by, I might butcher some of these names, I all would these tweets, too. But, but do your best to just strap along and enjoy the ride. Um, <laughs> we're going, this is directed by Rakesh Omprakash Om, Mehra. Mm. He directed it, produced, and wrote the film alongside Renzel da Silva. And the cast includes Amir Khan, Soa Ali, Ali Khan, Siddharth, Sharmi, oh, Joshi, and uh, Siddharth, right? Yeah. And Alice Patton. There you go. And the interesting thing about this movie is the literal title of the movie means Paint Me with the Colors of Spring. Um, so I'm just kidding. Some movie morsels about this movie. Uh, made on a budget of $3.5 million. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. And upon release, it broke all box office records in India. Highest grossing movie for an opening weekend. Highest opening day collections for a Bollywood film. Man, we have seen a ton of Bollywood films in this IMDb. I've got a lot to say about Bollywood films, so I'm excited to talk about this one. So, uh, do you want to get this mo- sweet movie morsel? Yeah, okay. This last so, one? So, A.R. Rockman. There you go. That's his name. He actually won for Best Original Song and I think Best Score for Slumdog Millionaire, Jai Ho, which great song still. Absolute banger. And he okay. spent three years composing the music for this movie, which 
Actually, I would say that the best part about this movie is the music. This is like a Bollywood yeah. movie to the T. What I what I love about Bollywood movies, well, one thing I don't love is that they're all like three and a half hours long. Oh, they I, are long. I just, they have no... Oh, I can't. But what does help with this movie and what leads me into the music is there's so many musical moments and like fun, dancey, like light moments with the music that it does help the runtime feel really short. Basically, the plot of the movie is um, Sue McKinley is the granddaughter, is the great granddaughter, granddaughter of a British general who is stationed in in India during the time of the of India's basically revolution against the British government. And Sue McKinley is living in London at the time, comes across the diary of her grandfather, which has the story of five freedom fighters. So she decides to self-finance a film and create a documentary about these five freedom fighters, travels to India to meet up with her friend Sonia, and they begin on the journey of filming the documentary with some unfortunate events happening along the way. Um, The four people that are casted or DJ Karan Aslam and Suki Suki. Uh, <laughs> one quote from her grandfather's diary that's actually very. It's, I I really like this quote. Was I actually I actually do like this quote. He too. says there are three types of people: those who die silently, those who die screaming in anguish, and those who die with a smile on their face. Which is very fitting for this movie because. For- Especially for the end. Yeah. How much do we want to spoil about the, about this movie? First off, what is your grade for Rang de Basanti? Um, I mean, we can spoil a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I wonder how many of the sweets will actually watch. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, most of the those the who, Bollywood movies we watch are on Netflix. Are, yeah, are on Netflix. I will say I liked the setup of this movie, and I actually really liked the concept. Yeah. The man, it turned it, it just. Like the hardest Yui. Oh, when when we t- when hard would we say a hard U-turn? This is a hard U-turn. When here. we said at the beginning that the third acts in some of these movies are the wildest third acts that we've seen for the, this whole segment. This is this. <laughs> Seriously, one hundred percent. So I like the setup that she goes to India, and obviously the casting goes array, and then she comes across Sonia's friends. They like go to this kind of this park. Everyone's kind of drinking, having a good time, and then. That's how mm-hmm. they kind of come across Sue. They get casted, and they kind of just go on their journey, and then obviously some things happen along the way. Um, my grade for this film, I think I'm going to go B. Oh, really? Okay. Sour, for sure. Sour. Ye- yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to go B and sour, and just, it was long, two hours and 47 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could it could have been longer? That's that's not a terrible runtime. It just felt like it dragged sometimes, especially in the second act. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna give it a B, give it a sour, and hard U-turn with the third act. But I actually kind of liked it because it's like, whoa, yeah. It from? honestly like what, what I think I love so much about this movie, and to reiterate a little bit about what you said, is the structure of the movie is so interesting because there are flashbacks involving these freedom fighters with the same actors portraying the actors who will be the freedom fighters in this movie that Sue McKinley wants to make. So you get a lot of time jumps and a lot of the struggles that the freedom fighters are having, the current actors can't really relate because they've been able to enjoy all these freedoms because of the sacrifices of these men. Sure. So actually the character develop, the, the overall plot development is really good how 
you get these characters who are introduced, you kind of are um, reminded of the struggles and why they can't quite relate with these people. And then you get to see all these characters come together and cause their own revolution. That's really satisfying at the end. Um, my my sure. biggest and gripe with the movie is it's so ham-fisted with this message. It does not let you... A, a lot of the times it's like, show, don't tell. And this is a lot of tell and explain to the audience, oh, these are the parallels between this, and this is the parallel with this. And uh, you could easily figure out what's going on with the movie without the the unnecessary dialogue. Um I give the movie a C plus. However, I think it's sweet. I actually do think that a lot of people who watch it, the songs are so fun, dude. <laughs> they're so weird, but they're so fun. Yeah. I had a really good yeah. time. C plus, so it's still on like the lower end just because I don't think technically it's great, but I do like the story a lot, so I think that's why it's sweet. Yeah, and I like the concept too, and I do like how things just take a U-turn and there's un there's basically unscripted, unplanned events with um, Sonya's fiance. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you know. We, I don't. I don't really want to spoil the movie too much because I, I. I. If it's it's on Netflix. If you have not seen a Bollywood film, I think this is a good first Bollywood film to see. I think so. Or Lagan. I would almost yeah. say Lagan. I think Lagan is a little longer, but Lagan it gives you more of like that. That they both do. If I'm being honest, yeah. I just think Lagan is better. And I do like how the movie starts with it saying that quote. Mm. That's in the early, and then it obviously ends with it too. Yes. So I do. Li- I do like. I do like a good film like Leo DiCaprio and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he like points. <laughs> he recognizes at the movie. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we love a good, you know, intro and everything comes together. Like oh, it was said there. Mm-hmm. So um, editing. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah, love a good. And that's what I love about Bollywood. Some of the editing is so bad, but I love it. <laughs> It just looks so milky and just like unscripted. This is and out of left field. Can I tell you one of my biggest like post production like uh, pet peeves that I have? Yes. When so normal footage is generally filmed with like thirty frames per second. If you're in the United States, in other countries it's different because of there's technicalities. But in some countries they'll be filmed in like twenty five frames per second. So when yeah. you do slow motion. With 30 frames per second, it makes the slow motion look choppy and not slow motion. And that's what they do in, like, all of these post-production edits to make their the footage seem slowed down. When all you'd have to do is just bring in a camera that's, like, 60 frames per second, and that that's how you can shoot it down. You get your slow motion. It works great. Yeah. That, I don't take yeah. any points off of it. It's just one of my uh, pet peeves that I have. Of post production, just, just a just a little little pet peeve. Yeah, we love a good pet peeve. Oh. Always welcome. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? Hot hot takes. Get your swimsuits. Um, uh, <laughs> speaking of hot <laughs> takes, uh, the next movie, the four hundred blows. Does it blow? <laughs> you you're feeling I yourself on that, that one. That's great. I did love. It. <laughs> All right, you got you got it. To not spoil Take too much, um, of what I thought of the movie. Um, it's a 1959 release and the directorial debut of French New Wave director Francois Truffaut. The cast is Jean-Pierre Loud, Albert Ray, and Claire Maurier. The film received a number of awards, and at the Cannes Film, Cannes film Festival, received the award for Best Director and was nominated for an Oscar for Best Writing, which uh, I am assume at the time of the 1960s Oscars, having a foreign film be nominated for Best Writing? That's pretty crazy 
pretty monumental there. Um, the 400 Blows is widely considered as the French's best films in cinema. And a sw- we'll talk about the sweet movie more so once we get into the more of the, the description of the of the movie. But um, TC, what, what, what did you think of the 400 Blows? Um, I'll start with my favorite thing about this film. Okay. That's the score. I actually kind of like the score. Okay. Yeah. I like the music to the movie. I thought it had a nice, fun vibe, and it just sounded good. It sounded right for this movie. Yeah. So I did like the score. That was one thing that I really noticed. Shout out Take 79. Okay. I'm starting to get more acutely aware of scores and music. We're we're teaching everyone. We are. Um, And... It's just essentially, the plot is just about a rambunctious kid, you know, who gets into trouble, truancy, um, just kind of rough home life with his mom that he sees cheating on his dad. That was, was that his stepdad at the time? I think it's his dad. It's his dad? Okay. Um, Because he's skipping school, he sees that. I mean, that would kind of suck to see that. Mm -hmm. And just... Sheesh, yeah, are you kidding? Just not a good kid, not obedient, and just kind of wants to run away and do his own thing. Um, overall, I would give this movie. It's a little bit slow. It's very different, black and white yeah. um, film. Which I don't mind. A, I don't mind a good black and white. No, film. I love black and white. Oh, it always um, looks great too. And I thought the runtime was fine, and the score again was my favorite. So I'm gonna give this film hmm, probably a C minus. Oh shoot. Okay. It's. It's sour, uh, but there are some things that I think you can pick up, and for the fact that it. Is the French's best film in cinema considered? Is I would take pretty shocking. I would take Lion over this. Well, as as yeah, and I and I thought exactly about that when um, you know when I saw that that this was considered the best film in French history. So, anyways, geeks, take it away. I just I don't know. It just it didn't speak to me at all. I recognize that the movie is is it's well written. The Francois Truffaut, the director, takes a lot of parallels from his own life growing up, um, and when you when you see the how this kid reacts and acts in class, you kind of think that he's kind of a butthole to be honest. He's kind of a butthole to be honest. <laughs> but once it kind of shows to anyone who's watching the movie is you know if you do see anyone who might be acting up or you feel like isn't behaving well. Sometimes there's more to their life going on than what you see is on the surface. And that's something Absolutely. that's so hard for so many people to do. Um, I just, again, I couldn't connect to any of it. On the other spectrum, for me, Laen is my favorite movie of the IMDb 250. It's an absolute A+, and I connected it with it immediately. Um, I loved the black and white film. Um, I thought the script was really good, but it's just there's- me. It's just our... What what we've noticed from the movie, I give it a C. I think it's actually okay. pretty spoiled. I have really no reason to suggest it to anyone. Um, there are plenty of other French films that I like that I would recommend above this one. So sure, yeah. And essentially, you know, I like what you said that obviously you don't know what someone's going through. However, there was just kind of a lot of dead space and filler with this film. Yeah, you you do get to kind of travel with this with this young man through his character sure. and with his friends when they like drop out of school and run away there's actually so there's a sweet movie morsel of 
the young man Antoine and his friend Rene, when they're suspended from school, they're, um, they go to the movies, and as they're coming out of the movies, they steal the poster of, like, this woman, <laughs> like, kind of like a pinup model, basically, in, like, the 1950s, but this is actually, the picture is from a scene of an ing- of an Ingmar Bergman movie called Summer with Monica, and Summer with Monica is a movie about two young lovers who run away from home to live their own life. So the parallels between that picture and the actual movie, that's a really cool detail that we've talked about it before as directors, I'm sure, put in little details of this relates to me in my life, or this movie's really similar to this movie, and they put in little Easter eggs. So uh, yeah. I got that from IMDb. I think most of the sweet movie morsels we find on IMDb, and of course there are other sources as well. But yeah, overall, and, uh, I did I did like the ending of the film that he's always wanted to see the beach, the ocean, yeah. and he yeah. slips away, gets to get to see the beach because he's essentially at juvie at this you know at the school. Yeah, and everyone's kind of given up like on that. him. Yeah, even Dot, your dog has. Yeah, my de- <laughs> Dotty definitely has. She has no part of the four. I, li- I like that it zooms in on his face, and that's the movie. Did that Did that scene remind you of Roma? That last scene Which, of him on the beach. I have not seen Roma. Oh, okay. So, so spoiled. It reminded Thanks, me kids. a little bit of Roma. I actually, I <laughs> love just, Roma. It's one of the best movies of, I think, the 2010s. I know you do. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Overall, well, that is me. The 400 blows kind of blows. We'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> to the point. <laughs> to the point. All right, we are on to number 218. I know many of the suites have seen this, and actually, one day, everybody. <sighs> Get your wands out. We will do a Harry Potter marathon, and we will review all these. But first, this is the only Harry Potter movie that is an IMDb ranking, which I think is blasphemy. I'm shocked it's even in here, to be honest. honestly. So it is the finale. It is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Let's run down some of the people that directed it. (laughs) Obviously, everybody knows what Harry Potter is, who Harry Potter is. So first and foremost, 2011, it was released, directed by David Yates, mm-hmm. based on J.K. Rowling's 2007 book. The cast is Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Emma Watson, Rupert Grint, Ralph Fiennes, Ray Fiennes, and Alan Rick- Ray Fiennes. I got Damn you on that one, just in case. It's a weird name. Ray, Ray Fiennes. Mm-hmm. He's in Game of Thrones, right? Nope. Isn't he Ramsey's dad? No, me? I don't think so. Um, no, he's okay. not. Uh-uh. He's, um, yeah, he's, he's in Schindler's List. Yeah, Schindler's List. Okay, Alan Rickman is also in it. Severus Snape, rest in peace. Oh yeah, big um, R.I.P. So some quick stats in the chat and for facts. Him. What's up? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Pay your respects. Uh, um, part two claimed the worldwide opening weekend record, earning four hundred eighty-three point two million, as well as setting opening day and opening weekend records in various countries. Part two grossed over one point three billion worldwide and became the third highest grossing film of all time wow. as well as the highest grossing film of 2011 now of course we've had the mcu and a lot of these heavy hitters force awakens mm-hmm. but today it ranks as the 13th highest grossing film and we just checked that so wow. pretty pretty crazy like it has stood the test of time 13th highest grossing film now i want to ask you a quick question let's say hypothetically harry potter um, they started the books 10 years after they were released. Because, I mean, the movies came out essentially four right or three years you. after the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they were neck and neck. Had Harry Potter 
let's say it came out right about this time. Like this was Deathly Hollows Part Two coming out last summer. Oh, do you do you think it would have received highest grossing film of all time? That is a great question. I ah, just coming from me, <laughs> I think no. But that's also from my end. I don't love the movies because I, the, I don't want to be like. I read the books, so I just don't really like the movies because I read the books. <laughs> but it is kind of You're part of the reason why I don't really read books, like why I prefer the movie. Because in every chance where I've seen, where I've read the book, then see the movie, I'm always let down. Sure. And I don't love any of the Harry Potter movies. I love like the first one, and maybe I love the third one too, the first and the third one. But I think it gets close. I think maybe it beats Titanic, but I don't think it beats Avatar. Surely it doesn't beat Endgame. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? No, I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you because I think at the time, Harry Potter was just a movement. It was so popular mm-hmm. with the books. And J.K. Rowling was just releasing these puppies. Like, she had her idea mapped out, mm-hmm. boom, and released them. And I want to say something. I'm, I'm going to tick off a lot of Harry Go Potter off. fans. Do it. This is this is do not it. my proudest moment. Do it. <laughs> Just quoting a <laughs> quoting a franchise that's far superior. <laughs> so it's just like when Deadly Hollows came out the book, mm-hmm. my mom was huge into Harry Potter, and I I read like the first one. Anyways, what are we going? Okay, okay. I grabbed Deadly Hollows. I feel terrible, but I did this because I wanted to know. I liked the movies. I think I grabbed Deathly Hollows and I read the last, I think, five chapters. <laughs> to see I didn't dies. even read the book. I read the last five chapters. I sat down for like an hour, it, something like that, and just read it. I was like, all right, I know. And I walked upstairs like, Mom, I know. <laughs> I almost told her. She's like, don't tell me. I read it and all so, in a day. I went and got the movie at midnight because I loved or the book. I went and got it at midnight. I think I've told this. And I read it all in one day. Yeah. And so, yeah. But anyways, I feel terrible that I had to say I have to confess. Confess, dude. Brother. Go off. Yeah. Pastor, I have to confess. You, you, um, uh, go off, King. Anyways, so no, I don't think so. I think it is where it's need to be. I think they've made a really wise decision releasing the movies, um, you know, along with the books. Yeah. So I think it slips in top 10, but I don't think it really changes yeah. that much more. My favorite is Goblet of Fire. The, mo- oh, the I movie. love Goblet that of Fire, is, too. That that's is, true. That is dark, man. That's my favorite that book a, as well. That is a good movie like i would get goblet of fire like an a i think you should rewatch it i don't know okay i, I don't know it. after having rewatched watched deadly hollows yeah. part two um let's get into the I review re- yeah yeah so i'm gonna give deathly hollows i just recently rewatched it um ah i'm gonna give it like a b plus really okay yeah sweet uh there's some things i just it feels really jumpy keeks yeah I think what what for me is it's visually very distracting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why that's what I mean when I say jumpy. It's very distracting. The the visual effects. So this movie was nominated for three Academy Awards: best makeup, best visual effects, and best art direction. I would love to know what movies in 2011 were nominated for best visual effects because the visual yeah. effects were not great. I know this was also like nine years ago, but. I felt like it really took me out of some moments of the movie. 
Yeah. And no, I I I give the movie I'm going to give I'm going to bump it up a little bit because it it caps off the movie. I also find that the freaking climax of this movie is so anticlimactic how they filmed it. I think you could have done it it's just like a fade out, just a fade to black on Harry's face while his kids are going off to Hogwarts. It doesn't I don't know, it doesn't deliver how that moment should be delivered in my eyes. I give it a B. It's still okay. sweet. Like it's not like it's a bad movie by any means, but I do think that the visual effects really bring it down and that they they didn't deliver on that ending. Yeah. Which is pivotable. Yeah. Pi- pivotable. <laughs> Pivotal. <laughs> Sheesh. No, I I feel like the climax of the film like I love that they're hunting down the horcruxes. Like mm-hmm. I dig that. I think that's so cool. Yeah. And yeah, just some of the visual effects don't land and it feels really jumpy and the snake come on ron and hermione you guys are stronger than that (laughs) does that happen in the book i don't remember i don't either i read the book that one day in one sitting so i don't remember anything else about the book all right yeah i don't remember if like they and then you know obviously neville longbottom comes in with the sword with a slice and dice that's a sword spree right there oh so um, is that what that is in Halo? I'm trying to remember. If yeah, that's an energy sword. Five. He didn't even get hit with three. a bolt true. He got it right on. Yeah, sword spree. <laughs> You've got the voice down. I love it. So, yeah, I mean, I like Harry Potter. I, I want to do a marathon. We should review these soon mm-hmm. um, just to go down memory lane, just to see how well they've aged. Yeah, I'd love see to see that still, for the first one. See if they still stand the test of time. But yeah, B plus. I think it's sweet. I think you should, everyone should watch it. But yeah. I agree with you. I think it it does lack a little bit of a climax. And I think just man, when Voldemort when Voldemort and Harry are like jumping around Hogwarts and the smoke machine, the teleporting, I was like, oh my gosh! I just feel like I got off the Hulk from Universal Studios. <laughs> That's a goat ride. Dizzy. I've always wanted to go on that one. It's a great oh. ride. It's worth it. Just G force. Book me a ticket. We're there. Yeah, Live pause coming from the Hulk. It'll be <laughs> 10 seconds long, but it'll be great. Yeah. Um, anyways, that's all I have to really say about Deathly Hollows Part 2. Yeah, uh, this next movie I think we're going we're gonna to cover a lot about because I was extremely hyped to see this next movie. Ever, a lot of people I know that had seen it were like, oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. And that is number 217 on the list, Dead Poet Society, released in 1989, directed by Peter Weir and written by Tom Schulman. The cast includes Robin Williams, Robert Sean Leonard, Ethan Hawke, and probably like his second role, I would say, and Josh Charles. The movie won Best Original Screenplay, uh, where Shulman actually, so sweet movie morsel. He wrote the script based on his experiences at Montgomery Bell Academy in Nashville, Tennessee, um, kind of mirroring the role for Mr. Keating around a teacher he had named Samuel Pickering. And Liam Neeson actually originally had the role of Mr. Keating. But when they changed directors, uh, Peter Weir replaced Liam Neeson with Robin Williams. And actually, Robin Williams took the role because he, oh, when he imagined himself as being a teacher, he imagined himself being like Mr. Keating. So, yeah. I do like that. What do you think of Dead Poet Society? I, I'll tell you what I like. Okay. 
was, uh, you know, we got get, like what you like, dislike what you dislike. Yeah. I like Robin Williams in this role. Mm-hmm. I like uh, his enthusiasm, his energy as a teacher. When I was in school growing up, I loved those type of teachers that were very energetic, yeah. that were really caring. And I feel like Robin Williams did a great job portraying that role. Yes. And Carpe Diem, seize the day. Oh. I love that motto of be who you want to be, seize the day, don't have any regrets. And there were some B plots. Like I honestly thought, um, what was his, his name? The actor's name Knox, going after that girl and just asking, shooting his shot. Yeah, I thought that was funny, but I feel like it kind of trickled on too long. Yeah, it does. It yeah, I see it, what you're it, saying. It, it, it went somewhere, but then like it didn't go somewhere. Um, but the whole movie really focuses on uh, the characters of Neil. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And his dad, who's really hard on him, wants to go to med school, but that's not what he wants wants to do. And obviously, we'll get to the ending. <laughs> Overall, Keeks, I liked, honestly, the first two acts I really liked. And third act, another third act just U-turned. Which I didn't know anything about this movie when I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I was texting you this, and I was like, have you seen it yet? <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm almost done. I was like, okay, well, text me after you're done. I'm going to give this movie, I think I'm going to give it a B minus, Stay with you. Um, yeah, B minus. Okay. I think it's sour. This is not sweet. I think this is sour. I am not going to throw the blame anywhere, but I'm definitely throwing the blame at like the four people that told me it's like their favorite movie of all time because it got my expectations <laughs> up. And I, yeah, I, honestly, I really try hard not to do that. And I, I don't feel like I get my, my, um, my hopes up for many movies at all. I try to keep them pretty grounded, but I went into this. Robin Williams is fine in the movie. Um, I don't feel like it's anything that amazing. He's hardly in the movie at all. It's more focused around these group, these, this you know group of boys, which I do like the the group of boys character development. I like the com- camaraderie. Yeah, you can really have. feel that like they're on each other's side and they're really trying sure. to like better themselves. Yeah, that third act really kind of took me out of it, and I Should understand it. it. Oh. Uh, yes, let's get into it. Let's spoiler. Yes, in three, two, one. Yes. What up, everyone? It is your boy, the Sweet Keeks. Uh, Dead Poet Society has been out for thirty years, but if you want to avoid the big spoiler for the movie, please fast forward to forty-four minutes and forty-five seconds. Sweet. We're not gonna okay. say anything about, but <laughs> uh, Neil and just the way he takes his life. Very abrupt. It. I don't know it, it, if it, it. It was like a twelve-hour swing. If anyone can, because normally you want to like foretell something like that. You want to have like your introduction, your reminder, and then that's the payoff. Which I guess you can in the sense that like his dad keeps shooting him down. It just seems like a really rash decision, but maybe that's just part of the the, the writing process that um Tom Schulman had was. This is how some creators feel when they're just being bogged down by people that said they won't make it. Sometimes that just seems like I'd rather die. You know, there's the quote from the poem that is used of like being in the grass and being free. And maybe that was his idea of, you know, if I die, I'm going to feel more free. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of symbolism there. Mm. I because Neil was the leader of like the group. He was the one that was kind of bringing everyone together. He kind of brought his roommate out Todd mm-hmm. to become more vocal into his own and oh, to Captain, really follow Mr. 
Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. To follow Mr. Keating's teachings, because Neil was like, yeah, I'm all in. And unfortunately, his dad was not all in on that. And it was very abrupt, as I mentioned. Did not see that coming. I didn't like that ending. I would have preferred something else. But, you know, I will hats off because that is that's, that's a ballsy ending. Oh, yeah, it is. That's gutsy, baby. Yeah, it's gutsy. So, again, did not see that coming. I mean, maybe Liam Neeson and Quagon Jin would have saw that coming, and he would have not have taught like that <laughs> if he got casted. <laughs> I, uh, I I give the movie a B. Yeah, uh, there are things that have marinated with me, and I enjoy a little bit more. I do really love the final sequence when they all get on their chairs. That was cool. I think that's that was cool. a really good moment that kind of redeems that. Just it's so dark. I don't know how I didn't know about that. It's very dark, and you you think it's just a good film about being yourself, being who you want to be, and and then boom, mm-hmm. third act, the last twenty minutes, you're like, holy crap, this is mm. really kind of a sober movie. Yeah. Oh my really, gosh. Really, really, yeah. I'm so. I yeah. I I think I'm right there with you. We're carping all those DMs right now, baby, and just we're we're telling you how it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, Dead Poet Society. If you're gonna watch it. Don't go in super hyped about it. Just go watch it. It might you might really love it. You might be like us. You don't totally love it. I mean, I still give it yeah. a B. It's not like I think it's horrible, but it's fine. It did win yeah. um, an Oscar for best original screenplay, and was sure nominated did. for so- best director, best actor, and best picture. So um, clearly, we're not Academy material. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, actually, we definitely but, uh, are. We're what they're missing. The truth. Yeah. Oh yeah. So pretty pretty. Um, Pretty sad, somber movie and dark, but I did like the acting yeah. of the characters. Yes. And I did like the story. I just didn't like the ending. It didn't click for you. And it didn't really for yeah. me. Like what you like, don't like what you don't yep. like. All right. Are we on to the last one? Uh, Two sixteen. Two sixteen. I'm going to preface this before you introduce it. Um, Go I for it. I need to stop getting excited for movies that I want to see on the upcoming takes because last time it was The Handmaiden and that did not go very well at all. It's a fine movie, but oh man, was that a rough watch. Um, now what do we got right here at 216? This is 216 Andre Rublev. Yep. Do I pronounce that right? And this is the 1969 Soviet biographical historical drama directed by mm-hmm. Andre Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky. Uh, Tarkovsky, yep, mm-hmm. and co-written with Andre Konchalvisky. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that one I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Cass Anatoly Solentizin. Spelling bee time. Ivan Lapikov, Nikolay Grinko, Nikolov Sergeev. Yeah, that's and pretty good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, film is loosely based on the icon painter Andre, Andre <coughs> Rublev. Mm-hmm. So, uh, His paintings are actually is, really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This movie is essentially divided into eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, the prologue, I really liked the prologue. I thought the prologue was really cool. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I, 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 I don't know how I they filmed that. The fil- That's exactly that was what I was thinking. I was like, the filming of this is really cool. The shots they got from above the balloon. Um, yeah, and so there were no Oscars with this. And the movie is an expression of Tokarevsky's own religion struggles. Um, pronounce his name again. Tarkovsky. With this. Tarkovsky that's right. I've yes. only heard. I, I've heard people say his name, so that's the only way how I know. Yeah, Tarkovsky's. Um. So yeah, this is a long movie. 
like three hours and 25 <laughs> three minutes. Three and a half hours? Yeah. Oh it my is, gosh. It, it is It is a ride. I don't want to say and that I want to mandate movies that they have to... <laughs> you can only be three hours if you're an Avengers movie. I'm or Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Extended edition. <laughs> True. I'm actually just kidding. What? Make a movie however what? long you want. Was it Alfred Hitchcock that said uh, a movie should be as long as the human bladder? Like two hours? I don't know. I'm going to look that up. Look that yeah, up. Yeah, keep going. Anyways, um, the plot basically is to put about the life of Andre uh, Rublev. It has eight episodes, with seven being about Rublev, his dealing and dealings and many experiences that he has. Um, and then the movie begins with three wandering monks looking for work as icon painters, and they each bring something different to the table. And yeah, that's really about it it just kind of moves pace to pace i thought the pacing was fine yeah with it being a long movie and you know there you have new characters that are introduced essentially in each episode you know i feel like a movie that could be remade is this movie okay yeah i yeah i think it'd be great as like a as like a big epic that, similar yeah, to like yeah. uh, martin scorsese's silence oh you gave scorsese this movie Gosh, yeah, this, dang, you're going to get religious themes out the wazoo. You're going to get some This some This has shots. the legs to have a great remake with a great cast behind it, um, newer um, camera settings and things like that. So overall, this is a slow movie, of course. Another black and white, which I liked. Yeah, it looked and, great. Actually, um, until the end, it's not black and white. Yeah, yeah, the prologue, um, excuse me, epilogue has the... Um, yeah, color. Mm-hmm. So, Keeks, I'm going to give this a B. Oh, okay. Oh, we're flip-flopped on this one. Nice. Yeah, a little flipped. And uh, sour, because it's just so long. It's, it's it's older, but it's interesting. And like I said, I was just, I thought the filming and the editing was pretty good. This is our first, this is our introduction to Tarkovsky. This is his second feature film. He's probably the greatest Soviet director of all time. Um and as a side note, yeah, it was Hitchcock that said the length of a film should be directly related to the endurance of the human bladder. I've never Let's heard go. that, but it's so true. Well, there you go. Um, what I loved about this was something that I complained a lot about in Rang de Basanti was there's so much dialogue explaining how you should feel and the relation of like the story to history. And this movie I felt was the exact opposite. I felt like it did such a great job of like on film and capturing physically the relation between Andre Rublev and his you know his journey into like seeing the uh, the struggle of those that believe in God and also you know maybe the freedom that those have that don't believe in God and his kind of battle between the two there's that pagan scene near like the first act of the movie that's pretty strong this movie had like mm-hmm. a little bit more boobs and a little uh, violence uh, a little human anatomy than I thought was going to be in there. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And it had some violence too. Yeah. A bit. The, the, actually the, the action was really well filmed. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was really surprised. All right. You've, you've, all right. You, you've convinced me I'm bumping it up. It's, I'm going to give it a B. I give it a B. Um, uh, also sour as well. I just don't, yeah, I don't know who would want to see it except for those who are maybe, if you want to learn how to tell a movie through, you know, um, through imagery and through emotion, I think this movie does a really good job of it. But at the same time, um, a lot of the filmmaking didn't work for me. It didn't hit the emotions that I wanted to. And being that length, 
it was hard to keep my attention uh, with it being such a slow-moving drama. Yeah, yeah. Andre Rublev. Um, yeah, it was a good little watch. Honestly, it's it's kind of it's bumped it up for me. Yeah, and dialogue, dialogue in movies, especially remember Winter Sleep. Oh my, was gosh. all just dialogue. Dialogue, dialogue. Like, give me at least one racing scene, one chasing. <laughs> Just give me one Dom Toretto special cameo, and that's all we ask. For. Oh, it really. We um, don't ask for much as moviegoers. We want action. So, and that's it. Just and a little comedy. And a little comedy. Just give some me, give me, give there me. There was some, some comedy in Andre Rublev, the the jester in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, he was butt. nuts. That was yep. That wasn't the funny part, but the rest of it was. Funny. And he and he and he hits the tree, just gets rocked. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> so, what is on the slate for the next IMDb? Do you have that ready? Yes, I do. Perfect. Let's let's. I, I want I you, you to read it because there's one in there that I'm excited for you to read that we're gonna watch. I think one um, of your personal faves, probably top twenty at least. Is this is this the most recent one? Yes, that we're it going is. I updated of? it just two days ago. Okay, so it's it's what it is right now. And as a reminder to everyone, the INDB 250 changes so often. So what we do is at the beginning of every month, we go through to see what the newest um, rankings are for the positions we will be on. So for example, this upcoming uh, INDB 250, we will be doing 215 through 211. So whatever movies okay. occupy those spots, we will be reviewing. I'm really excited for these movies. Yeah, I know. It's like... Bet. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Anyway, so two fifteen. One of my personal favorites of twenty seventeen. Logan. Yes. This is this is due for a rewatch. <sighs> yeah, it is. Uh, number two fourteen. We have the Passion of Joan of Arc. Mm-hmm. Two thirteen. I've never seen this, and I've been wanting to see it. Is Rush. Yes, I've heard it's great. I've heard it's great. With, yes, this seems great. Chris Hemworth is in it. Daniel Bruhl is in it. Olivia Wilde. I this love seems like Daniel a good. Bruhl. Yeah. Wow. Um, Cool. I'm excited for that one. Uh, Ben-Hur, I watched this like in junior high, three hours and 32 minutes. <laughs> this is like an Ooh. epic. This is one of those. Whew. I'm ready, though. And, and Platoon, which you have not seen no. Platoon, have you? At You've recently seen it, haven't you? I recently watched, and I'm excited to talk about Platoon. I'm, it won Best Picture, it's didn't a good, it? Um, let me check. Great. I think it did. Great watch. Pretty, pretty somber as well, Platoon, and it's this not, is there's not a lot of ton of action like war but it's psychological oh oliver stone okay oliver stone yeah one four oscars one best picture best director best sound best film editing so okay. uh that will be on the slate for june that's a good it's a good handful of movies i think this is probably the roughest imdb of movies the ones that we just watched the ones that we just watched. Yeah, yeah. nothing really like surprising. Nothing that because in every list so far, we've had one that's like really jumped out at us. I mean, Infernal Affairs was one of those first ones that we just really stuck to and ran with. Um, yeah. But let's give our overview of all of the thirty-five movies that we've seen so far. I will give my rank of thirty-five through eleven super quick. I'm just gonna rattle the names off. At thirty-five, The Legend of Nineteen Hundred, Winter Sleep. Gangs of Wasapur, The 400 Blows, The White Heat, Rebecca, Cholet, Rong de Basanti, It Happened One Night, Ace in the Hole, um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2, Andre Rublev, Throne of Blood, Before Sunset, The Help, Dead Poet Society, In the Mood for Love, End of Evangelion, The Handmaiden, Lagan, Monsters Inc., The Red Shoes, Princess Bride, Amores Perros, and Hotel Rwanda at number 11. Okay, perfect. 
Number 35, you guys know what it is. Neon Genesis, End of, <laughs> end of Evangelion. We might as well throw that one at number 250. Throw that in the garbage. <laughs> Worst film I've ever seen and probably will be like that for a while. Okay, uh, The Handmaiden, Legend of 1900, Winter Sleep, The White Heat, It Happened One Night, Rebecca, Gangs of Wasapur, Ace in the Hole, The 400 Blows, Cholet, Rang de Basanti, The Red Shoes, Andre Rublev, Before Sunset, In the Mood for Love, Throne of Blood, Lagan. I love saying Lagan. I do too. The Help, La Ain, Dead Poets Society, Akira, Battle of Algiers, Amores Perros, Aladdin, Hotel, oh, Aladdin at 11. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think we, we skipped our... Okay, so I'll go with my number 10 is Aladdin, the animated one. Perfect. My number 10 is Hotel Rwanda. Yeah. Number 9 is The Battle of Algiers. Okay. My number 9 is Harry Potter, Deathly Hollow Part Holy two. crap! Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I may have sounded like I bagged on this film. There's still some things I liked about Harry Potter. Okay. Deathly Hollow Part 2. And it, and it, yeah, it's, you know... I like it more than those other films. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Um, number eight, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Same. Number eight, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Infernal Affairs. My number seven is Spotlight. Number six for me is Spotlight. Six is Monsters, Inc. Ooh. Number five is Rocky. Ooh. Number five is The Princess Bride. Okay. Four is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Stop out right now. Oh, Same. I love that. Number three is Terminator. Okay. My number three is Infernal Affairs. Man, what a fun watch. I love that movie. Um, Number two is Akira. Okay. And my number two is The Terminator. And number one is Lion. Lion. Okay. My number one is Rocky. Yeah. Lion. I think Logan and Rush are going to jumble my top ten. Yeah. I think one of these is definitely making it in, especially... Yeah, I, I think I think we're definitely getting one. Um, any yeah, so Logan and Rush, those seem to kind of be the ones that you're looking forward to. So, well, I mean, I've already seen Logan, but I I, I want to watch rewatch it again. It's been a few years, and then Rush. I'm really intrigued by Rush. Yeah. Um. So that seems fun. I'm not gonna lie, I'm really excited for all of these. Um, maybe uh, Joan of Arc, not as much, but also yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Ben-Hur, probably gonna be the hardest one to get through. Three and a half hours. <sighs> yeah, we'll, we'll, it'll be fine. Yikes. I'll make it through it. Yeah. I've made it through Gang- Gangs of Wasapur. I made it through a lot of these. We'll be okay. Yeah, we will be fine. Um, and, next as take. always, next, next take. take. Yeah, next take. Do we want to want to announce this? Oh, are you kidding? Of course we should. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we next your, take your facial your face. So people know. Let, let's p- tell people real quick about our setup. We record on Audacity and we listen on Skype and then what we do is we FaceTime each other. We have a three-way system here, folks. Oh, it we works are, like freaking but but it works work. like a charm. So it's fun to FaceTime keys cuz a lot of the times we will we've tried Skype video and it just is laggy. But it's just fun to see facial reactions of each other, like geeks, just barely was killing it. <laughs> Love it. Whenever we're doing the intros, the other person tries to distract the other one. So oh us, yeah, I was, oh, da- I, was, I, was da- I was dancing. <laughs> so next take, okay. we have secured a special guest who will be on the pod with us. It is also the year anniversary of Game of Thrones. We will be having Eric Nolan who starred in Game of Thrones, come on and talk with us about his acting experience, working on Game of Thrones, his other works that he's done, his musical career, because he's got a great voice, and the tourism business in Ireland. I want to ask him if he likes um, 
Actually, I already asked him if he likes Love Island UK. He suggested X on the Beach, so me and Becky have been watching that. We are so hyped to bring Eric Nolan on. Maybe he's related to Chris Nolan. Who knows? Doesn't (laughs) matter. Eric, Game of Thrones talk, one-year anniversary. We are so hyped. We are hyped. I'm I'm excited because I'd love... I like Game of Thrones, but obviously the last season. So it'll be interesting to see his inside takes. And also, whenever you say acting career really quickly, it sounds like acne career. We've all been there. We've, We've had all an had acne it. career. We've got those scars. <laughs> those we love do. scars. <laughs> um, Honestly. So I'm excited. It'll be really fun to pick his brain because I love The Last Kingdom. I've never seen Vikings, and he's also in Vikings. So it'll be kind of mm-hmm. cool to hear more about that and his journey. So Beard of the Year Award. Of the oh, lifetime his beard! Award. His beard destroys Matt, mine easily. Other beards. Oh, yeah, it's great. So it is. We are ready okay. for that. That'll be take eighty-four, and then we'll, we'll announce take eighty-five after eighty-four, of course, because that's yeah. gonna be a fun one too. Yeah. Oh, we have I can't some things wait. planned for y'all. Let's go! It's freaking. All right, bro. All right, Keeks. That's it. That's take eighty-three. A wrap. All you we sweets, love it. Stay sweet. Have a fun week happy monday etc stay sweet 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 sweet